sing. Let's all stand and praise the Lord this morning. Darkness tries to hide and trim. 
that. Give the Lord a hand this morning. Praise the Lord.
say amen on this Pentecostal Sunday. Has, has God been good to you? I mean, come on, has God been good to you? Hallelujah. You know, we celebrate today, we celebrate the great uh, Pentecost Sunday where the Spirit of the Holy Ghost said it fell in the upper room. And I believe with all of my heart, we're leave, living in a, a day, we're living in a, living in a time that us Christians need the power and the work of the Holy Ghost in our life like never before. And not only do we need it in our life, but we need it in our life to affect our, our husband, our wife, our first our children, and then the people that we are around. And then to touch the people that's in our life. And so many times we think uh, that we can touch other people's lives without the empowerment and work of the Holy Spirit. But let me inform all of us this morning that it's time we get back to the empowerment of the Holy Ghost in our life. And so this morning, I, I, I heard this song that she sang in this morning, The Goodness of God. I heard it, I don't know, a couple, I think it was a couple years ago at Brother Jim Brooks' dad's funeral. And it has actually become one of my theme songs of my life. That no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing in your life, God is still a good God. Our Father still loves us with an unconditional love no matter what we're facing. And so this morning, I want us to sing that one more time. And I don't know what you may be going through in your life at this moment, at this time, but I want to let you know that God is still good. God is still good. And so I want you to close your eyes and I want you to get your mind off of, I want you to get your mind off of everything that may be facing your life at this moment. We've all got something, don't we, going on in our life. And I want you to get your, try to get your mind off of that and focus it on this Pentecostal Sunday on the goodness of God. Let's say that together, on the goodness of God. So, sister, I want us to sing that one more time and then we'll transition.
Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a big hand this morning. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Can you say amen this morning? Praise God. I feel the Spirit of the Lord here this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord just reminded me over there just a few minutes ago that we think sometimes uh, that God is good to us because we're good. But I am like Paul, and I know you are, that you make, you make some mistakes. Paul said, the things I don't want to do, I'm going to just use the old country word, that going and I do it. The things that I'm supposed to be doing, I'm, I'm not, I find myself not doing it. Well, that's even mistakes in your life. So we're going to transition with a prayer because I feel like that the enemy wants to bring up condemnation because of a mistake that maybe you've made this morning, the uh, last week or this week sometime, but we're going to finish out the service with you not feeling condemned of maybe something that's happened in your life, amen, because you're not under condemnation, you're under the blood, amen, let's pray before we make transition, Father. Just this morning, Father, I found myself doing something that I keep telling myself that I want so much to change in my life. I, I spoke a little sharp to one of my family. God, the things that all of us, you reminded me, Kevin, I'm not good to you because you try to be maybe perfect. Because you will all you will fail. But God, you're faithful. You're a good, good father. And Father, I ask you to cover, cover us on this Pentecost Sunday. Prior to Pentecost Sunday, Father, was, was the cross. And then the resurrection. And then you graced us with your power. This morning where I'm asking you to cover every one of us in the blood. That when we walk out that door this morning, we're not under any condemnation. We're under the power and we're under the work of the mighty Holy Ghost that we represent Pentecostal Sunday this morning. So, Father, thank you. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said amen and amen. Turn around, turn around and wave at your neighbor this morning and tell them they look good. Then turn around and wave it to the other and tell them they look a little better. How many are glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Um, I want us to continually pray for Sister uh, Ruby. Is she here this morning? Uh, her and Brother Fred and his brother, they had uh, uh, 
Brother Fred's sister's funeral we had it this week and I ask you to continually pray for them I do want to thank sister Tina and all the ladies that got together and fixed the meal it was boy it was good amen praise the Lord so thank you all for that if you will pray for my wife this morning she's home in bed she's got vertigo so I ask you to be praying for her didn't Cindy and the worship team do good this morning amen Amen. Beautiful. Thank you, guys, all of you. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, I want to read a card that Sister Sue got me from the, the, uh, from the family of uh, Sister Ruby. It said, thank you uh, for showing your love and concern for our family during this time of our loss of our dear loved one. We appreciate your calls your cards and flowers and donations and food. So let's tell them this morning by a handshake that we love them. We love you, Sister Ruby. Amen. Praise the Lord. We've got a couple that graduated this year, and uh, we're going to pray over them this morning. We got a little gift for them. And so I'm asking if Mary Elizabeth will come up, if she will come up. It, yeah, amen. Praise the Lord. If somebody wants to take a few pictures, uh, you can do that. Uh, and Chad, where's Chad at this morning? Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on up, Chad. Amen. Come on up here, buddy. Yeah. Praise the Lord. How many of you love Chad as well? Amen. Chad, is it okay if we start with the lady this morning? Yeah. You're okay? <laughs> uh, Mary Elizabeth graduated from um, uh, JMU with a Bachelor's of Science degree. Amen. Let's give her a hand. Amen. Endorsed to teach his grades from PK to 6th grade, a four-year degree obtained. Currently enrolled in a master's program and will finish up in May of 2023. Uh, she is hardworking, brave, caring, considerate, dependable, humble, and strong. I hope they can read that about me one. God knew, he knew exactly what profession you would uh, benefit those around you and the lives that you would touch and impact as a result of your qualities. The qualities he gave you will shape and mold the minds of little people. Yeah. You will be a great teacher. I think your mom wrote this, but I'm going to say that you, not just... I just want to say you're going to be, and I speak this, uh, a spirit-filled teacher. We're going to believe that by faith, especially the way our world is going. Amen. Uh, Stay the course and continue to be unwavering in your beliefs and Christian values. Be the light. Always encourage people and love beyond the measure. Forgive and move on. I will say that. Amen. Young lady. As a father figure, read your Bible. I'm going to tell you like I tell Marta. Read your Bible. 
pray and do your devotions, okay, every night, okay? <laughs> Say you're sorry, don't sweat the small snuff, and remember the small snuff, small stuff. And uh, remember always, you are love. The world needs more Mary Elizabeth. We love you. Let's give her all a hand this morning. Amen. There you go, sweetie. Stay right here. I want to pray over you, okay? Hallelujah. Chad, we want to say how much we appreciate you and how much we believe God's going to do in your life, okay? Amen. Uh, Chad will be attending post-high school next year, and we are so proud of you, Chad. It's what your family had wrote, and I want to say the same thing, and love you so very much. And I want to tell you, read your Bible and have your devotions and pray, young man. If I get a call, I'm coming after you, okay? <laughs> there you go. You'll think about that. I love you. I love you. Praise the Lord. Let's stand and give them a hand. Yes, praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Woo! Hallelujah. I want to, um, I want to uh, pray over them. If you'll stay standing, please. I promise you, uh, Pastor Jeff's going to be uh, coming and speaking, and he's long-winded, so you'll, you better be glad that you're standing. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, put your hands this way, and let's pray. Let's pray over them, okay? Father, I thank you. Once again, you're a good, good father. And Lord, um, I am asking you that Holy Ghost, you will be there. And you will bring God, when things come in their life they don't understand, that you're going to be with them every step of the way. But Father, as a father figure, I want to pray this, that Lord... If they happen to go in a wrong direction, Holy Ghost, will you tap them on the shoulders? Will you move them in the right direction? And God, that they will keep a humble heart, a humble mind, and a humble spirit. And God, I am asking you through the power and work of the Spirit that not only will you bless their life, but God, that you will bless them indeed. And you will increase their lives beyond anything. They could dream, they could think, and they can imagine. And Lord, they can dream like they've never dreamed before if they will follow in your will and you will make it happen for them. Father, we thank you and we love them. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen and amen. Give me a hug, sweetie. Amen, Chad. I love you. God bless you. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Uh, Pastor Jeff Ferguson is with us this morning. And he is, uh, I call him my pastor, uh, friend, and uh, my spiritual advisor. How many times have I picked up the phone and asked him, had to ask him a question, making sure I was going in the right direction? And uh, he was my executive presbyter for, I don't know, two or three years. And I, I kind of tell this story. It's kind of funny. We were in a meeting, and, and uh, he was stepping down from that, and they had, someone else had been voted in. And I walked up to him, and I said, 
do you know that you're still, in so many words, my spiritual advisor and my presbyter? And he, he said, uh, uh, Kevin, I'm not now. You call the other one. I said, no, you're not getting off. I'm going to call you. And I, and I, still, I still call him. He is, listen, church. I mean this with all my heart. He is a pastor of pastors. I mean, I mean, I'm not just saying that. He is a pastor of pastors, and I love this man with all my heart. His precious wife is with us this morning, and they pastor First Assembly for almost 40 years in Harrisonburg. And I want you to give this great man of God a hand as he comes and ministers for us this morning. Probably don't need this. The Lord bless me with a big mouth. What an honor it is to be here today. And may I just say that um, you are truly blessed as a congregation to have Pastor Kevin and Tina. They are dear, dear friends, godly people. Um, and I, again, I wasn't sure who you were talking about there for a moment. All those accolades you were leading on, I hope I live up to them. Let me introduce you to my first wife of uh, almost 46 years, June 26th. We will be married 46 years. I was five when we got married. <laughs> but my lovely wife, Bonnie. And I'm glad that uh, she chose to came and hear me preach again. She uh, had to listen to me for 45 years. And uh, she was my number one fan, also my number one critic. And if I make any verbal mistakes today, which I'm sure I probably will, she was a former teacher, and she will correct me, and hopefully I'll do better next time is all I can say. I'm here today as your friend. I'm here today as somebody who desires to see you have a closer walk with God. And I am not some spiritual guru that has all the answers or somebody who thinks I'm more spiritual than you. How many of you would agree with me? We're in this Christian walk together. And my goal is that we will all cross that finish line one day, should the Lord tarry, either by way of the rapture or by way of the grave, and hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I love the songs that we sang today. And again, let me just also give my accolades to, to those of you on the praise team, the great job that you did today. And um, I really sense the presence of the Lord here. I woke this morning about quarter of five and just felt impressed to pray, um, you know, for the service. I mean, I, I prayed yesterday, but um, been praying all week as to how the Lord would lead. And the sermon that I'm going to bring forth today is not, quote unquote, your typical Pentecost Sunday sermon. But I think that if we recognize the importance of battleground prayer, and that's what I'm pre uh, preaching on today, that it will help us to understand that if I am not utilizing the language that I know in prayer, in my case, it's English. Maybe some of you here are from other nationalities. I don't know you well enough to know that. But if I'm not utilizing the language that I know in prayer, then why should I expect God, who is a good God, who is a loving God, and blesses me despite my faults, my shortcomings, or whatever, 
But why would I expect God to give me this gift of tongues if I'm not using the language that I know in praise and adoration and thankfulness to him right now? I have grown to learn over the years that as I am praising God in English and thanking God in English, that suddenly, with the aid and with the help and the infilling of the Holy Spirit, I find myself suddenly praying in a language that I don't understand what I'm saying, but it feels right. It feels like, yes, this is what I've been truly trying to say all along. And if you're like I am, I feel at times I'm redundant in my prayers. I wish I had a more expanded vocabulary than what I have. But as the Holy Spirit enables me, I find myself praying in a heavenly language and I find myself saying, yes, God, this is it. And I feel lifted up and I begin to see things from God's perspective and understand that God's not finished with me yet. Even though I stepped down as pastor at, at First Assembly at the end of last year, I don't believe God's done with me yet. I find myself becoming uh, an, an, a person who is uh, becoming more active in mentoring. And, uh, you know, I, I love that role. I love being able to say no <laughs> for the first time in 45 years. But can we just have a great time worshiping and praising the Lord? And I just encourage you, if you haven't done so already, turn off your cell phone. And unless you're on call or you're a first responder or that type of thing, but can we just give our undivided attention to the Lord today? And Kevin told me, you know, to finish up, not really, I'm making this up, uh, you know, between 11 and 11.30, but it didn't say a.m. or p.m. <laughs> so I promise I'll have you out of here by 11.30. Let's just pray today, and I know we've already prayed, but can we pray again and just welcome the presence of the Lord here and ask him for guidance? God, every time I stand behind this pulpit, I recognize my unworthiness. But I also am so thankful, Lord, for the call that you placed on my life at an early age. God, I can't do this by myself. I need you to walk before me, stand by my side this morning as we attempt to bring forth your word. I pray that it will be encouraging. I pray that it will be inspiring, Lord, motivational, that we will walk out of here, as Pastor Kevin said earlier, Lord, uplifted, and rejoicing in the goodness of our God. I thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. I thank you for Pentecost. I thank you, Lord, for the gifts of the Spirit that are operational in the church. And Lord, my prayer would be that in an even greater degree, may there be a fresh outpouring of your Spirit as never before in all of our lives, not just the church, Lord, because we are the church, but in my life, in the lives of every individual that's here within the sound of my voice today, if they have not yet experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit, my prayer would be that today is the day. If there are those here who have experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit, may we hunger and thirst for a fresh infilling. As the Apostle Paul tells us, Lord, be ye full of the Spirit. And God, I will be the first to admit, I leak. I leak. God, I need that fresh indwelling. I need that fresh infilling of your presence in my life as never before. So, Lord, as your word goes forth today, I pray it will accomplish in all of our lives and our hearts the work that you're desiring to do. Bless Pastor Kevin, Lord. Bless every person who's in a, in a position of leadership here at Calvary Assembly. I pray nothing but your richest blessings upon this church. And God, may it be one of many churches that you raise up in Stanton, Augusta County, and the surrounding area that will point men, women, boys, and girls to Jesus Christ. Might many souls, Lord, be brought into the fold 
of your saving grace should you tarry. In Jesus' name we pray. And Lord, for all this accomplished, we'll be quick to give you praise and thanksgiving and all of God's people said, amen. amen and amen. Well, if you have your Bibles this morning, I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version, but I invite you to turn with me to Exodus chapter 17. Now, you may be sitting there this morning thinking to yourself, Exodus, uh, Jeff, did you not pay attention? This is Pentecost Sunday. Uh, what are you preaching from Exodus for? I mean, my goodness, that's Old Testament. That's talking about, you know, the pilgrimage of the Israelites out of Egypt to the Promised Land. What does that have to do with Pentecost? Well, I would ask you just to give me your undivided attention for the next 30 to 35 minutes, and we're going to try to help you to understand the significance of the event that took place here in Exodus chapter 17. Looking at beginning with verse 8 down through verse 13, we read this. Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed, and when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. May the Lord add his blessing today to the teaching of his word. You know, we're living in a day and a time like I've never seen before in my lifetime. There's much that is going on that really concerns me. But as I was talking to someone the other day, and let me just say it like it is, complaining about the price of gas, the price of food, uh, the uh, uncertainty of what I thought I had enough to retire on, whether or not it's really going to prove to be enough, and whether or not I may have to go back to work, and as I was there talking about these things and some of the policies that are in place that I don't agree with, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you know, if you would spend as much time praying for those in positions of authority as you do complaining, you might be amazed at the difference that it would make. Ouch. Got all ten of my toes. You know, Paul told his understudy Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 2 that we are supposed to do what with the authorities? Pray for them. But how much do we do that? So I pray that, you know, again, this is not to lay condemnation on anybody because as I've told my congregation many times, when I preach, I'm not preaching at you any more than I'm preaching at myself. And I just want us to understand today that power, the power of prayer Prayer is a very powerful thing, and I believe that if you and I would grow in our prayer life, that we would see more outpourings of the Holy Spirit of God, we would see the preaching of God's word accompanied by signs and wonders, and we would see change begin to take place when the church is truly revived in the way that God is desiring to revive his church. Can you say amen? Yeah. Well, dressing for success in the armor of the Lord needs to be a daily occurrence for every Christian. Would you agree? Yeah. Once we're all suited up in our armor, we must realize that it's not about our skills or tools, but it's about the Lord strengthening us with his power, 
and with his anointing. A sword, a shield, and a helmet are totally useless if we have no strength to fight with. The armor may be shiny, but it's only an empty coat of metal if it is not filled with God's spirit. The Christian's dependency is in the Lord and the Lord alone. He alone provides us with the ability to stand against the trickery of Satan. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18, we read of the armor that God has provided for every Christian to engage in warfare against our enemy, Satan. But I ask you this morning, what good is the sword of the Spirit in our hand if we don't have the spiritual strength to weld it? Our feet can look good, shod in the gospel of peace, but if we have no spiritual strength to walk the walk, then not much is accomplished when we try to talk the talk. We are to run the race in those shoes, and that takes spiritual strength. It is one thing to know that you have Christ's righteousness found in the breastplate, but I ask you this, the real question is this, does anybody else know it? They won't if you and I don't live it. The same thing is true with the girdle of truth. Knowing and doing are two different things. Now, I would be willing to wager, and I'm not a betting person, but I would be willing to wager that we know a lot of truth. But I simply would ask you this, do we walk in the truth? Do we share the truth with others? Not without God's help, we are totally dependent upon that. What good is it to have the helmet of salvation on our head if the head inside isn't actively thinking or in a state of slumber? Having the mind of Christ, my friend, takes discipline on all of our parts, and we must pray daily for that kind of power to be enacted and revitalized in our lives every single day. Too often we forget why the church really exists. It's not just a place together to meet together with friends. It's not just a place to meet together to sing some songs and pray and, and listen to a sermon and go our way and check it off the list. Well, I did my God thing for the week. Friends, we have been called by God to bind up the wounded and to heal the brokenhearted, to clothe the naked, to feed the hungry, and be a hospital for the spiritually sick and lost. We've been commissioned to not only proclaim the truth, but to stand firm in the truth. I don't care what everybody else is doing. I don't care what everybody else thinks. What does the word of God have to say? And am I aligning my life with it? May I stand firm no matter what. You may be wondering, how is this possible, Pastor Jeff, with all the unrest and the turmoil that is taking place in the world and our society? Why well, we believe that it begins by recognizing that prayer is our source of strength. Prayer is our source of strength. In our text, we discover that Joshua and the army of Israel is at war with Amalek. Joshua is in the valley with a sword, and Moses is up on top of the hill, interceding in prayer. Both were important, but I ask you this morning, what was the most important? Joshua down in the battle fighting in the valley, or Moses up on the hillside with Aaron and her, with hands lifted up, praying on their behalf? The answer is found in verse 11 of our text. Israel prevailed only when Moses did what? Held up his hands. 
held up his hands. When Moses grew weary and he let his hands down, what happened? Amalek prevailed against Israel. I submit to you today, prayerlessness is the umbrella sin under which all our other sins stay dry and cozy. I'm going to say that again. Prayerlessness is the umbrella sin under which all our other sins stay dry and cozy. I would humbly submit to you today, it is very difficult for me to continue in a sinful habit that I regularly talk to the Lord about. It's time for the army of God to come to attention. The adversity is great and the conditions may be hard, but friend, may I remind you that we were bred for battle as a child of God. We were bred for battle. I don't have to accept the things that Satan is trying to promote in our society as a whole. I can take a stand against it and proclaim as Joshua of old, choose ye this day whom ye will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Because we're anointed for service in the Lord's army, by God's spirit, we're on a mission to take back what the enemy has stolen from us. Satan is not afraid of mediocrity, my friend, but may I tell you, he trembles when someone is anointed by the Holy Spirit and is on their knees in prayer. The time has come for the church to wake up, get up, and get out, and do what it is supposed to be doing. The only hope for America and the only hope for the world is to turn to a living God because Christ and Christ alone is the only one who has the answers for the day and the age in which we are living. Now is the time for the church to be set apart from a secular mentality and to live godly lives that exemplify godly morals and godly values. Christians need to infiltrate every area of society and become agents of change, reaching all generations with the gospel message that Jesus Christ came to seek and save those that were lost, that none should perish, but that all should come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Would you agree with me this morning? God is not just a talker. He is a demonstrator. Amen. If we declare that our God is Jehovah Jireh, there must be a demonstration of that supernatural power in all of our lives. Not just Pastor Kevin, not just other people in positions of authority or in positions of leadership here in the church, but in all of our lives that God is demonstrating his power through my life and through yours. When somebody comes to you and you say, brother, sister, I'll pray for you. Don't just say that, but pray for them right then and there on the spot and continue to pray for them until the answer is relevant in their life. It is God's anointing flowing through yielded vessels that throws down Satan's strongholds and nothing else. In 1 Chronicles chapter 14, we read about that when the Philistines heard that David was anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines went up in search of David. The Philistines sent everything that they had against David. They had watched him defeat Goliath, and they were nervous about their future. They had defeated and killed King Saul, but now they had to face a man anointed by God who had defeated and killed their champion, and they were scared to death. 
because the baton had been passed and a new generation has arisen and God had found a man after his own heart. Friend, may I submit to you today that God is in the business of looking for men and women, boys and girls that have a heart after God. And if we dare to yield our life over to him, there is no telling what can be accomplished when we go forward anointed by the spirit of the living Lord. Prayer not only gives us the energy to fight, but is also the means of our communication with our commander-in-chief. And that's my second point. Prayer is our means of communication. Communication is vital, my friend, in spiritual warfare. Walking with God means sharing your life with him and not just on Sundays. We need strength to fight with so we're not just empty armor decorating the castle wall. When a situation comes along in life, may I suggest to you that we make prayer our first plan of action, not our last. I'm sure you've heard this before, but you know a lot of people have hanging on their wall a plaque. Why worry when you can pray? But the truth of the matter is, we say, why pray when you can worry? Think about it. Think about it. Why pray when I can worry? And I don't know about you, but I do a pretty good job at it at times. You know? And then I'm gently reminded by the probing of the Holy Spirit. Have you prayed? Situation looks impossible. Have you prayed? It's amazing how it, the circumstances turn around once you begin praying and you see and remind yourself how big God is and how little the problem is, whereas before you pray, how big the problem was and how small your God was. When we begin to speak the name of Jesus, and there's power in that name, friends. When we begin to speak the name of Jesus over our family, Claim the blood of Jesus over a situation and receive God's anointing afresh and anew. I'm here to tell you that every demon in hell gets nervous. When we get anointed, they know that we are about to invade their territory. Hallelujah. And they know that they are living on borrowed time. In the year 2002, Nicolas Cage starred in a war movie called Wind Talkers. Maybe some of you have seen it. It told the story of how the United States Army recruited Navajo Indians to develop a secret code to relay military maneuvers. The Japanese were unable to break the code because they did not know the Navajo language. So, may I tell you this? God the Father has provided you and I with a secret code known as praying in the Spirit. Hallelujah. And as you and I begin to pray in the Spirit, guided by none other than the Holy Spirit of the living God, our prayers are no longer hindered by Satan. Our prayer language becomes one-on-one -on -one communication with the supreme commander-in-chief. And the devil is not able to break the code of our prayer language and strongholds in our lives are torn down and we are more than victors through Jesus Christ, our risen Lord and Savior. We are armed <laughs> and we are dangerous and on a mission to destroy the strongholds that Satan has tried to bring against us. Friend, great and miraculous things begin to happen when the anointed people of God begin to pray. 
I believe that when we begin to pray in that heavenly language, hallelujah, that the Holy Spirit begins to fall when we find ourselves being refilled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When you begin to pray in your known language, hallelujah, God suddenly comes upon you in the presence of, in the person rather, of his Holy Spirit and you find yourself beginning to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gives you the ability and the words. Listen, friend, you may not understand it. It may be like gibberish. I mean, I don't know how else to describe it because I remember when I, when I uh, spoke in tongues for the first time, it was like, what? What, what is this? Whatever. But I began to speak it out in faith as I was encouraged by other Christians. And friends, may I tell you something? As the church of God in 2022, we have forgotten the importance of tearing around the altars in the presence of God. I'm privileged today to be a third generation Assembly of God pastor. My grandfather was, my dad was, and now myself. But I'm here to tell you I can remember as a youth and as a child, families praying, moms and dads praying for their kids around the altars and praying. And, and it wasn't a matter of waiting that, okay, you got saved. Now you've got to wait three years before you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But I remember that when I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I was told about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and what a difference it would make in my life. Does it make me more spiritual? No, I can't say that. It's not a spiritual echelon type thing. But may I submit to you today that when you were baptized in the Holy Spirit, it opens up a whole new realm and you find yourself, you know, used of God, God revealing things to you in a way as never before. You find yourself operating in the gifts of the Spirit and you say, who me, who am I? I'm nobody. I can't do this. Friend, may I remind you that there was a day and a time where I was seated right where you were today, never ever thinking that I would be a preacher behind a pulpit, but the anointing of God came up on my life. He called me into ministry, and I found myself doing things I never thought I would do. It's all because of God. It's all because of God. To God be the glory. Friend, I tell myself this all the time. You know, my wife reminds me, you know, you got to be careful of your ego. you got to be careful of your ego. And the Lord showed this to me some time back. If I can use Balaam's donkey, Jeff, I can use you. <laughs> that has a way of humbling you real quick. It really does. What it says to me is that God can use anyone, anywhere. It's not me it's not you it's our willingness it's our yieldedness to god that anything good that we have accomplished it is because of god working through us and as long as we give god the glory there's no limitation as to what god can and will do as i said great and miraculous things begin to happen when the anointed people of god begin to pray People are healed, addictions are broken, families are restored, people are saved, and lives are changed. And when the anointed go forth, God always will go before them. An act of obedience to God's word results in the demonstration of God's power. You know, I find it interesting when I read through the Gospels. I don't ever remember once having the disciples come to Jesus and asking them, or asking him rather, to teach them how to preach. But what I do remember is that them approaching him and asking him how to pray. Teach us to pray. He explained to them to pray to the Father through the Spirit in Jesus' name there in Matthew chapter 6. And the Spirit helps to give us the words where there are no words from our heart with groanings which cannot be uttered. 
The devil does all he can to keep us from having our time of prayer. He knows if he can undermine our communication with God by causing distractions to keep us from praying, he can and will win the victory. And when we don't pray, we become weak and susceptible to Satan's treachery. Remember, we have never left God's presence. In the darkest of times, hallelujah, God has proven his faithfulness and his goodness time after time after time. Church, can you say amen? Before our feet hit the floor in the morning, we need to recognize that God is the one who's granted us another day of life. Begin your day with him and thank him for his many blessings. Ask him to anoint you for service to others throughout the day, to heighten your spiritual senses to the needs of others that you may encounter throughout the day's activities. Traveling time to work is a great time to pray and to worship if you haven't discovered that already. You can waste time listening to the radio or you can tune in your playlist on either the Christian radio station or on your iPod and begin worshiping the Lord and have church right there in your car on the way to work. Oh, what a different perspective it will put on your day. Through the day, you'll find yourself needing to make decisions. Challenges will arise. Temptations will present themselves before you. And we should seek him even in small decisions, not just the big. You know, when we read our Bible, we read the story of Joshua and how the Israelites went up against Jericho and how they defeated it. And after the battle was won, Joshua and the Israelites were filled with self-confidence, so much for, so much so rather, they didn't take the time to seek God before engaging in the next battle against a little city by the name of Ai. Only a small delegation was sent, and 36 men lost their lives in that first conflict because there was what? Sin in the camp. Sin in the camp. Joshua got back on his knees immediately, and God immediately revealed the source of the problem that was there. He discovered that a man by the name of Achan had hidden some gold and silver in a Babylonian garment in the floor of his tent, which he had taken as loot after the battle of Jericho. Now, if you are familiar with that story, you know that before they went up against Jericho in Joshua 6, God had given strict orders that what? Take nothing for personal gain. And as Joshua was praying, God also gave him the battle plan to accomplish victory against Ai. The thing to remember is that God would have revealed it before the first encounter if they had taken time to pray. How many times have I found myself on the losing end of a situation because I didn't go to the Lord in prayer first? One of the things that I have found, this is my third point, is that prayer produces trust. It produces trust. When we fail to pray, we're headed for trouble. Barna Research did a survey in 2019 on prayer. They discovered that out of the pastors that responded to their survey, that the average time spent in prayer by a pastor was, anybody want to guess? The average time that a pastor spent in prayer? Three minutes. Three minutes a day. The people who claimed to attend church regularly prayed less than, anybody want to guess? One minute a day. Less than one minute a day. And we wonder why the United States is in such a state of spiritual and moral chaos. 
Now, I don't say that to condemn. Please, I'm, I'm here to build you up. I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to, to remind you of the fact of the importance of prayer. The biggest mistake that we find ourselves being guilty of is, well, I don't need to pray because pastor's praying. The deacons are praying. Forgive me, pastor, I don't remember your name. First name? Steve. Pastor Steve is praying. Friend, I can't depend on somebody else's prayers. Please hear me this morning. I can't depend on anyone else's prayers any more than you can depend upon mine. We are to pray for each other, and I pray to God that we do daily or whatever. But I say this to you by way of encouragement that we pray even more. And when the Holy Spirit awakens you in the middle of the night, don't say, oh, I'm going to wait till tomorrow. Because if you're like I am, when the Holy Spirit wakes me up, if I don't get up at that moment and at least write it down or prayer or whatever, by the next morning, i completely forgotten. Friends, we need to experience God in our lives and not just in church. Learning to pray correctly is so important. How many of you would agree with me that most of us are still in preschool when it comes to prayer? with a lot to learn. If I could, I'd raise both hands right now, both feet. Jesus instructed his disciples to pray in Jesus' name because that is the only basis by which we can be heard. He is our high priest, and he allows us access to the most holy place, the throne of grace, the throne of God himself. Jude instructs us in Jude 1.20 to pray in the Spirit as the Holy Spirit enables us. The Spirit helps to give us words when there are no words from our hearts with groanings which cannot be uttered. Anybody here besides me ever found yourself in a situation where there just are no words? I'll never forget in the year of 2016, a family that had only been attending our church for six weeks tragically lost their 17-year-old uh, daughter and her best friend in a car accident. I barely knew them. I only met this young lady for about 10 minutes when I'd gone by the house to visit with the family and before she left with some friends to go out. What do you say in a situation like that? There is nothing to be said. It's just a matter of being there and letting people know that you care. You pray for God to strengthen them, to enfold them in his arms of love, of mercy, of grace, and somehow, some way, in his gentleness, begin to heal that broken heart. There's times that words just are not there. Satan gets upset when we pray in the Spirit because he does not understand what we're saying. But he knows this, that God our Father does, and he's not going to deny us our request when we ask for the right things in compliance with God's will a person's salvation or deliverance from an addiction, you, you fill in the blank for their salvation of an unsaved loved one. As a result, our trust in God becomes stronger and we find ourselves becoming more persistent in our prayers. In the Gospels, Jesus gave a couple of parables about not giving up on prayer until we get the results. Remember the friend at midnight that went to his neighbors, he had a guest from out of town and he went and knocked on his door and said, hey, I've had a guest from out of town and I don't have any bread in the house. Can you give me some bread? Oh, man, 
I've gone to bed for the night, and I have to climb over the kids to get out. Remember, they don't have the luxury of, of separate bedrooms like we had in that day and time. They all lived in one place, and usually, you know, mom and dad were, were sleeping in one place, and the, and the kids would usually sleep with them, and they'd have to crawl over them, you know, to get out. And, and the guy kept knocking until finally what happened? The friend got up, gave the bread to keep the guy from knocking on the door and waking the kids up. Or do you remember the widow with the judge? There in Luke chapter 18, verse 2. And he said, I don't fear God. I don't fear man. And this is the Jeff Ferguson translation. You're not going to read it in King James or New King James or NIV or any, any of the other translations. But this woman is driving me crazy. So I'm going to give her what she wants. She will not leave me alone. She keeps coming back. The guy at the door keeps knocking. Friend, we need to do the same thing with God. When we don't see anything happening or whatever, it doesn't mean that God's not moving. God's time frame is not my time frame. But one thing I have grown to learn, that God's timing is always perfect. Have you ever wondered why God delays the answer to one of our prayers? I believe it's because his timing is not the same as ours. But he's always right on time. And how many of you would agree with me? It always produces the best results. He wants to teach us lessons that help us to grow in our spiritual walk if we'll take the time to learn them. Such things as patience. Boy, <laughs> ouch. Got my ten toes again. Patience. How many of you would say that you're a patient person? Thank you for your honesty. About three people raised their hands and were having an altar call at the end. In all seriousness. We live in a day and a time where everything is instantaneous. Now, this may come as a shock to some of you that are younger here, but you know when I was growing up, we didn't have such a thing as a microwave. If you were going to cook something or you were going to bake something, you had to go to all the trouble of preheating the oven. Can you imagine? And then you could stick your TV dinner in there, you know, and about 10, 15 minutes later, you could pull it out. Can you imagine having to wait 10 or 15 minutes nowadays? Uh-uh. Instant. We go through these fast food places, and, man, we get upset when it takes more than three minutes, you know, to get us our order. You ordered? You, you know, what do you mean? Man, I thought this was a fast food place. What are you doing? Making me wait around. When God doesn't grant an answer, I know to be his will, we learn another lesson, and that is purity. When he doesn't answer my prayer, I have to stop and begin to examine my own life. Are my prayers being heard, or is there sin in the camp? Sin in my life. That I just have kind of tucked away in the back corner. Oh, come on, God, it's not that bad. And I appreciated Pastor Kevin's honesty today because, boy, it got all ten of my toes again, too. Sometimes I'm sharp, you know, with a family member because I know that they're stuck with me. They'll put up with it where somebody else will probably punch me in the nose, you know. That's an area that I need help on. I'll speak to myself there. If the shoe fits, wear it. If not, throw it over your shoulder to the person behind you. Psalm 68, 18 tells us, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. 
Promotion is another valuable lesson to be learned. Sometimes God intends on granting our request, but only when we are spiritually mature enough to handle it. Understand with me this morning, my friends, sometimes God says no, sometimes God says slow, and sometimes God says grow. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes God says no, sometimes God says slow, but sometimes grow. Grow up, Jeff Ferguson. You're not mature enough. You can't handle this yet. You do what you know to do. Continue to be faithful. Continue to walk in obedience. And when you're mature enough to handle it, it'll happen. For example, when your 10-year-old son or daughter asks you for the keys to your car, you may think ahead to the day when you actually hand them the keys, but that day is not today. We pray a lot for ourselves and our needs, but prayer is supposed to be for others as well. In 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 23, it says, Far be it from that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you, but I teach you the good and the right way. We need to remember that we are not the only ones engaged in this war. We may have a tough, but I promise you, there are others out there who have a tougher. Do you pray for them daily? Do you pray for your pastor and his family daily? Do you pray for your church leadership? Do you pray for one another as friends here at Calvary Assembly? If not, may I encourage you to begin today. Because I promise you that any success that you've experienced here at Calvary Assembly or in your personal life is the result of prayer. Success is a direct result of prayer, not just skill. There are as many needs represented in this room today as there are individuals. Oh, I don't know about you, but I've become an expert at putting a smile on my face and, you know, walking into the church. Well, God bless you. How you doing today? So good to see you. Hope you're having a great day. And did you notice the smile on her face right away? You know, I don't know what's going on in her life, but I wonder how many times am I guilty? How you doing today? Oh, hi, sister. How are you? Oh, hi, brother. Do I really care? Do I really care? Am I so busy that I can't take a moment and pray with her or whoever and genuinely let them know that I care? And most importantly, God cares because sometimes the only God that people will see, and you know before you even say it, is you as a follower of Jesus Christ. Pray for each other, and your prayers for yourself may be affected as well. Understand with me as we close, God's prayer is released into a situation when a Christian is found on their knees in prayer. I believe that there will be a fresh outpouring of God's spirit on the church today when the church begins to pray the way that we should pray. Prayer ushers in the presence of God. We have a personal promise from God himself all the way back in the day of Joel. You know it, Joel chapter 2, verses 28 and 29, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, 
Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Oh God, may that be today. May that be today. Victory is achieved, my friend, on the battlefield. When we understand that prayer is our source of strength, our means of communication, and that it produces trust. The way to experience more of God's blessings is through battleground prayer. May it become my weapon, your weapon of choice against Satan's trickery when he brings opposition against you or your family. May your first course of action be to drop to your knees and begin calling out upon the name of the Lord in prayer. Victory is ours because of the wonderful accomplishment of Christ's death and resurrection. He paid for my sins. He paid for yours. Don't allow the devil to ever rob you of that truth. God says, come just as you are. Don't allow your past to rob you of what God is wanting to do in your present and in your future because God knows the thoughts that he has toward you, that they are good thoughts and that they will lead to a good end. Hallelujah. Bow your head with me in prayer, please. Father, I thank you today so much that you are desiring to do a new work in the church just as you poured out your spirit on the day of Pentecost, Lord, just as you poured out your spirit at Azusa Street back in 1906, oh God, I believe today that the church is standing ripe and ready for a fresh outpouring of your spirit as never before. God, my heart is grieved when I read, Lord, that the general counsel out in Springfield issued a statement and said that out of the Assemblies of God constituency, adherents, people who attend church, only 30% 30% have experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Oh God, my prayer is that there will be a hunger and a thirsting for a move of God in our lives as never before. God, it's not just to have the ability of speaking in other tongues, but oh God, there's so much more that is there that when we are spirit-filled, anointed vessels of God, oh Lord, we can be world changers. We can turn our world upside down through the enabling power of the Holy Spirit. God, it begins with me. It begins with every individual in this room having a hunger for God. So, Lord, may I not be guilty of not using the language that I already know in giving praise and thanksgiving and, and glory to your most wonderful name. But, oh, God, as I'm doing so, I pray that, Lord, for every individual in this room, that, Lord, we would suddenly find ourselves beginning to speak in a language that is unlearned, that we don't know. But, oh, God, there's that sweet release. As, as Jesus said, it's going to be like rivers of living water welling up within our belly and just bursting forth. Oh, God, my prayer would be that that would take place here at Calvary Assembly. That, Lord, this church would literally explode Oh, God, with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ as people come in and wanting to see what's taking place because healings are an everyday occurrence. Salvation, Lord, of, of, of derelicts, Lord, who are out here involved in all kinds of sin, Lord, the drug addict, those who are involved, Lord, perhaps um, in, in other things, Lord, the other vices. Father God, I pray that deliverance would be theirs and victory would be their life-changing experience, that healings, God, 
oh Lord, would begin to take place in even a greater magnitude. Anoint Pastor Kevin, anoint Pastor Steve. Lord, anoint everyone that is in this church, God. It doesn't just have to be leadership. It's people who have a heart for God that you can use. Lord, I pray for, for uh, the, uh, Mary Elizabeth and for Chad today, Lord, that God, your anointing would be upon them. Thank you, God, for uh, just helping them to make it through graduation. And, Lord, I believe that the future holds great things for them. So, God, just encourage them. Help them to understand that you're not a respecter of age. But, oh, God, you're simply looking for a, a man, a woman, a boy, a girl that will simply say yes. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to take this opportunity. I never like to close a service out. I know I didn't preach on salvation this morning, but, oh, friends, that's where it begins. My Bible tells me in Romans 3.23, for we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's me, that's you, that's everybody in this room. But I'm glad that the story doesn't end there. I'm glad that the Bible continues and tells me that if I confess my sins and believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he is faithful to forgive me of all of my sins and cleanse me from all of my unrighteousness. I can't do it for you, I can only do it for Jeff. But you can do it for yourself today by simply transferring your trust from anything that you can do and placing your trust in Jesus Christ and his atoning work on the cross of Calvary. Jesus loves you today unconditionally. Jesus is standing here right now this morning with his hand reaching out, saying, come just as you are. And friend, if you need the Lord today, I would be privileged to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I just simply want to pray with you as your friend that you might walk out of here with the assurance of knowing your sins are forgiven, that you're a child of God, and that heaven would be your eternal home. If you're here today and you don't know Christ, and I pray that everybody does, but if not, would you simply raise your hand and put it back down quickly and say, Pastor Jeff, pray for me. I need the Lord. Yes, I see that. Is there another? Anyone else? I sense the presence of the Lord here today, folks. Begin to pray, Christians. Lord, may your will be done. Anyone else, you need the Lord today, pausing just a moment. Maybe you're here this morning, and you say, Pastor Jeff, I want to experience more of Jesus in my life. Because you see, I think one of the mistakes we make as Pentecostals is we, we pray to be filled with the Spirit, when in reality we need more of Jesus. If we focus on the giver of the gift rather than the gift, and begin to praise and thank the Lord, He's a withholder of no good thing. And today, if you want to experience this wonderful promise of the Father on Pentecost Sunday, you want a closer walk with God, would you just simply raise your hand and say, yes, Pastor, that's me, yes. Hands are going up all over. Yes, yes. Maybe you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, but you want a refilling. If that's you, raise your hand. Yes, yes. Hands going up all over. Well, I want to pray together with you. And Kevin, if I may take the liberty to, to call people. If, if you would like prayer today, I just invite you to come forward at this time. And I'll be glad to pray with as many of you and Pastor Kevin, Pastor Steve, and other prayer team members. I so appreciated the time of prayer before the service. Thank you for doing that. But let's just spend some time in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to pray a prayer, a congregational prayer. And if you have to go, consider yourself to be dismissed. But, but we want to have a prayer time. And I would ask that you be respectful of those who come forward. 
If you want prayer, we're more than happy to do that. But can we just pray today? Lord, would you repeat after me? Dear Jesus, I come today just as I am with all my faults, all my shortcomings, asking you for your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, that you paid the price for my sins on the cross of Calvary. Wash away my every transgression. Write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life that I may be your child and you will be my Lord. I love you, Lord. I want to serve you from this day forward. Thank you for being my Lord, my Master, my Savior, and my soon-coming King. Thank you for saving my soul. In Jesus' name I pray. Lord, I also pray for those who are desiring a closer walk with you, a fresh infilling of your spirit. And Lord, I pray that as we spend some time around the altar today, that Lord, there will be a fresh outpouring of your anointing. Oh God, that your Holy Spirit will be manifested in this sanctuary in even a greater way. I pray for Lord, for, for Tina today. God, heal this vertigo. You are our Jehovah Rapha, our healer. Oh God, our deliverer. Clear up every trace of this vertigo, Lord. May it not only be gone for today, but may it be gone permanently. May she have no further problems whatsoever. My prayer is that when Kevin returns home, that God, there's going to be a marked improvement there, that you're going to give Tina a great day in you. And Lord, that they will lift their voice in accord, giving thanksgiving and praise to you because of your healing power. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for your word, for the truth. And may we all be people who are engaged in battleground prayer. The altars are open. As I said, I'd be more than happy to pray with you. I'm going to invite Pastor Kevin back at this time, and he can close it out however he wants to. But if you'd like prayer, be more than happy to pray. Hallelujah. Let's give Pastor Jeff a wonderful hand this morning. Amen. Wonderful sermon. Wonderful sermon. Let's let's close our eyes and, and, and we're going to close out. But I want to I want to in, in, encourage you that if you need prayer, like Pastor Jeff said, um, as it, feel free if you need uh, uh, to leave in a few minutes. But if you want prayer, don't just rush out. Uh, we've got plenty of people that will, will will pray here for you. Don't get out the door and then um, tomorrow or the next day will say, I wish I would have just took a few minutes to go to the altar because uh, as he's preached, prayer is powerful. Wasn't that a wonderful sermon on prayer? Praise the Lord. Let's give him another hand. Amen. Praise the Lord. As we pray and as you make your way out, if you want prayer, once again, don't hesitate to come up and we're going to pray for you. Amen. Let's close our eyes. Father. Father, I'm just reminded through this message, God, how important a prayer life is. And I've been reminded in this message, you can move mountains. You can bind demon powers. You can set the captive free through the power of prayer. So, Father, I ask you this morning that, Lord, give us a desire to pray. 
Help us to come to the point in our life where we can't wait to spend time in your presence. And God, we were reminded in that message, God, that if we will not allow the enemy to distract us, and when our prayer is not answered right then, if we'll just keep knocking, and we'll just keep seeking, we'll just keep asking, then Lord, that you will open the windows of heaven. And you will hear and you will answer our prayer. So Father, thank you today. We have felt your presence in this house this Pentecostal Sunday. And Holy Ghost, we give you and thank you for your presence as we honor the name of Jesus this morning. And everybody said amen and amen. Once again, let's give Sister Bonnie and Pastor Jeff a hand and shake hands with them. God bless you. And may God's face shine upon you this week. And uh, have a great week in the Lord. Amen. You're dismissed.